Welcome to a time-traveling episode of Save Station Radio, where this week we will be talking about Crash Bandicoot Warped, or as it's more properly known, Crash Warped. <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes. You gotta watch that old intro. This is, of course, the third in the Naughty Dog PlayStation trilogy of classic 3D platformers, uh, published by Universal Studios, as the other two were. And of course, it was also collected as part of the Insane Trilogy, which both me and you played. Uh, the original release date for it, way back on the PS1, October 31st, 1998. And of course, uh, it released for the Insane Trilogy in 2017 on PS4 and then later on all the other platforms. Uh, the first game in the trilogy to have a Metacritic score of 91, well-deserved in my opinion. And since... Connor here grabbed our notes for history. I'm going to let him take it away because there's some cool stuff here. Well, cool. Some interesting stuff here. Yeah. So you mentioned that all three of these have been published by Universal Interactive Studios. And I got to thinking Ooh, about get that. That chill, that chill down your neck. <laughs> it's sense of plot it twist weird. coming. It's weird because it was something that just doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so I got to thinking about that and... I did some deep dive research, many, many tabs to figure out all this nonsense. But originally, uh, Universal Interactive Studios was founded by MCA in 1993. So just a few, uh, three years before the first Crash game. But in 1994, they And it should be said, this is the movie studio, Universal. Same. It's just a different branch of that studio. Yes, uh, but this was solely focused on interactive entertainment, and they initially did that to produce a Jurassic Park video game, which they did in 1994. That was Jurassic Park Interactive for the Panasonic 3DO. They partnered with Panasonic to make games for the 3DO. I'll link a game pa- gameplay footage for Jurassic Park because it looks god-awful, <laughs> and it was received extremely poorly because it it's terrible but right around this time was also when mark cerny was the vice president of the company this weird universal branch um and he was the person to get a three-person team known as naughty dog and a two-person team known as insomniac games to join universal and naughty dog's contract had them on for four games and the first one was way of the warrior which we mentioned earlier was one of their first games after their apple II days and uh that was released on the 3do as i'm assuming part of their panasonic deal that they had um also part of the pitch session that uh naughty dog's way of the warrior was in was insomniac's oh what was that game called um, disruptor disruptor yes the first person shooter yeah so disruptor would be kind of pushed back in its planning stages until uh universal interactive studios completely jumped ship from the 3do onto the newly released playstation and disruptor was disruptor and crash bandicoot were one of the first games that they put on there i've always wanted to find that game by the way it's weird it's a doom clone that was exclusive to ps1 yeah that is super weird and it's insomniac's first game so piece of history there 
So Naughty Dog under Universal Interactive Studios produced the second, third, and fourth games in their contracts, which was Crash 1, 2, and 3 uh, in 96, 97, 98. And then their contract kind of just ran out. <laughs> so uh, Mark Cerny uh, helped both Naughty Dog and Insomniac sign on with Sony and still with that publishing under Sony they had the likeness to crash I think because CTR wasn't published by Universal Interactive but they still could use the characters not entirely sure how that worked out but it did and they made CTR uh, which was not part of their original contract, but they just made it because they had a bunch of leftover assets or la- assets and code from making the motorcycle segments in Crash 3, which we're going to talk about later. So they wanted to make a racing game spinoff, and they did that just kind of f- for fun. Uh, but they signed the two companies with Sony, and then Naughty Dog would go on to make Jack and Daxter, and Insomniac you know, would go on to make Ratchet and Clank and all that, so... That was it for them, but Universal Interactive Studios in the year 2000 merged with Vivendi Havas Interactive, which has its own extremely long history that I'm Got not going to get into. Got another chill down my spine when you said the words Vivendi. <laughs> yeah, it, that it would take me a full episode to describe its entire history. It is honestly really boring, but <laughs> the in 2000... Universal Interactive Studios merged with Vivendi. Vivendi also owned the company that I didn't write down, but that was the company that owned Blizzard. So now Vivendi Havas has the company that has Blizzard. But after this buyout, they were renamed Vivendi Universal Interactive. So Crash Nitro Kart in 2003 and Crash Twin Sanity in 2004 are both credited under Vivendi Universal Interactive. Um, In 2006, Vivendi dropped the Universal name, just becoming Vivendi Games. And then in 2008, it was bought out by Activision to create Activision Blizzard. And that's what it is now. Crash's rights got taken along for that entire ride. And that's why Activision has Crash and Spyro now. Because those likenesses just came together. Yeah, uh, it's super... Like, those those poor rights. And, and, I mean... I said I got a chill down my spine when you said Vivendi, because if you think about Crash and Spyro after the PS1, dark times for those series. They they were not handled properly and not given the budgets and development times they needed. You didn't mention it here, but also there's there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of reports and interviews with both employees of Naughty Dog and Insomniac talking about Universal Interactive being absolutely atrocious. Uh, I, I recall, and I don't remember if it was a podcast or whatever, but I remember somebody talking about those days they had to like sleep in the hallway because the crunch was so bad on uh crash three like it was rough stuff it sounded like yeah well and universal interactive studios being this sort of movie studio version of wanting to break into video games and not knowing how the system works i mean the developers didn't really either they were just a bunch of just a really small team but they got more into it and then, you know, it, Universal was still a new publisher. They didn't know what the limitations were, and it all just kind of went to shit there. Which is wild, too, because, like, Crash and Spyro were successful. 
Like, those are big successes, so it's kind of wild to me that they would just give up on it, you know? It's just that weird, like, business thing of, like, this thing's a success, but eh, too hard. <laughs> like, Well, and there was a bunch of other... Because that's with, you know, then there was the buyouts with Vivendi, and Vivendi was had so many different pots on the burner at the time, and, like, Sony had some rights to crash in some way that was unclear... The other big player of this was Mark Cerny, who is still with Sony. He's, you know, the lead architect for the PS4. And then still I believe extremely the PS5. relevant. Yeah, but he was there with Universal to help uh, sort of just manage Insomniac and Naughty Dog. And he did a lot of that middle managing between them. But he also was extremely fond of the two companies. So he was the one to help them you know, sign on with Sony after they were done. And after their contracts ran out, he actually formed his own consulting company known as Cerny Games so that he could continue to work with the two companies. And that's kind of the reason that Spyro and Crash are so linked, not just because they're at a similar time and on the same console, but their development teams were very close. And this game actually... Um, if you put the Konami code into the original PlayStation 1 version, you get a demo for Spyro the Dragon, the first one. And if you do that in this version, you get the trailer for the Insane Trilogy, or for the Reignited Trilogy. Yeah, so, you know, they still are big fans of each other's work, and Cerny's still there looking over them. Yeah, for sure. Really interesting stuff. Uh, you know, I think it was pretty dark for those franchises for a while, but... We're at a positive time now, these remakes. Yeah, and Crash 4 is coming out, and Spyro had his resurgence, and I'm sure we'll see a new Spyro game in the near future. As of this recording, we've been playing the hell out of Tony Hawk, uh, which I know is not not linked to these games necessarily, but it's another 90s game that kind of went away just because of constant releases and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it seems to be like a big resurgence from games of this era, which is fun to see. Yeah, so that's the little history on Universal Interactive Studios, in case you were wondering what happened to this weird publisher, and why does Activision have Crash now? It's, you know, business shit, but it it's kind of weird the way it turned out. So let's 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 get into talking about the game. So the basic premise is it just just like the last game starts directly from the ending of two, the cortex falling from space, and finding uh, Uka Uka, who's the villainous evil version of Aku Aku, um, and I, I mean that's basically it. And then they they hatch a plan to send to go through time to gather more crystals. Um, and then it's kind of set up that Uka Uka has been controlling things all along, even in Crash 1 and 2. Kind of a fun retcon there. Um, but that's that's the basic premise here. Um, right away, the thing I noticed about the story is there's a lot more of it, and there's a lot more cutscenes in this game. You kind of get the sense that Naughty Dog was trying to branch out and experiment a little, bo- little bit with a bunch of different aspects, but particularly the story. Like, this has opening cutscenes. Uka Uka is now a character instead of just an upgrade. Like, he talks to you and stuff. Um... In the PS1 game, this is the first time Coco was actually playable in some of the stages. 
Uh, and, and of course, in this one, you can play as her in whatever platforming stages you want. But in the first game, she was playable in the jet ski stages and I think the tiger riding stages. And maybe the plane ones, too, actually. I can't remember. Uh, I believe in the PS1 original, and I could be completely wrong, but it's uh, just Crash flying the planes. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it's uh, narrative-wise, it's larger in scope. But that doesn't just stop there. This is a game with lots of different gameplay styles. I, I think like a lot of platformers, when they hit their third iteration, they went, oh, crap, we need uh, like mini games and vehicle levels and all this stuff, and... This is certainly one of those. Spyro did that. Uh, Sly Cooper did that. So, um, like I said earlier, there's jet ski levels where they're kind of a little bit more open, a little bit wider, uh, riding on the water. This, of course, brings back the animal riding stages. You ride a tiger in this one, which is somehow even cuter than the polar bear from 2. I don't know how they did that. It's the big guys. Yeah, it's... it's And the, the pets that Coco can give it. It's adorable. Uh, they, there's dogfighting segments in planes, there's uh, these underwater segments. Yeah, I mean, there's the jet ski as well. The There's a lot of different just ideas being thrown around, and not all of them land. I Oh, the motorcycle. And the motorcycle, of course. Yeah. That's what CTR was based off of. How could we forget? Yeah, so it brings a bunch of different gameplay styles and new ideas for better or for worse as we'll discuss later and then it, this one also because it's traveling through time i think the level themes get to be a lot more varied it just visually every level feels a little bit different which is cool and uh this level this game also incorporates new power-ups which is an interesting idea i don't know i kind of have always felt mixed on this every time you beat a boss you get a new power-up and these are things like double jump or an extra powerful slam which is useless or my personal favorite, which is the the Wampa launcher, which is like a grenade launcher you can just shoot. So you get the, you get these upgrades kind of like you would in, I don't know, like a Mega Man or something when you beat a boss uh, to bring with you to use in other levels, which in some ways I like because it feels like you're progressing, but in some ways too, like, there are so few platforming stages that when they give you, I guess maybe it's just the double jump that I have problems with, it makes the game a lot easier and I feel like because they've introduced all these vehicle stages, the few platforming stages that are left just feel like such a breeze and you just get through them so fast. You said the double jump was the perpetrator of that? The, well, yes, and the spin. Okay, I was going to say, because the spin is the big breaker. <laughs> make this game definitely the easiest crash game, which inherently is not a bad thing. It's still had tons of fun all the way through, but it does feel a little bit lighter, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I would argue against it as a way of... Because stuff like the slide jump double, the slide double jump death tornado spin glide maneuver is pretty tricky to pull off and it's extremely satisfying to pull off, but it's not necessary. So a lot of those, a lot of the power ups are only things that can help you. Very rarely are they used to actually, I mean, never are they used to actually progress. They're only rarely used to uh, get more boxes in a bonus stage. That's the only time they're needed. I don't know. I love the powers in this game. Even the Fruit Bazooka. Even the Super Slam. I know they're kind of useless. Like the Fruit Bazooka is slow if you're going to try and speedrun. Which this game introduces the Time Relics. So obviously there's that. But I love the Fruit Bazooka. It's really great just to oh, know the fruit that there's not going to be threats in the way. and Especially for Nitro Boxes. 
oh yeah, the returning nitro crates are not an issue with the fruit bazooka because you can just take care of them without even getting close and worrying about them. Man, I don't know, because they're just so fun to use that it didn't ever feel like a problem to me. And I felt like if I did get really ambitious with like glides and stuff that just I would die because of it, because the level was not designed for me to sequence break it in that way. And that always felt like my fault, like I was being way too crazy with it. But all the levels are totally playable without any of the abilities. So it's not it can only help in that way. I do kind of feel like that that is where my problems lie with it, though, where I'm like, I wish the level design did accommodate these things and these things were required. Like, I want areas where the double jump feels necessary because because that they're not there, it makes it feel like I'm getting over these obstacles for free, if that makes sense. In a platformer where I kind of want to be challenged. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, and it's definitely weird coming off of Crash 2, because we discussed in that episode about how you know, some jumps are just ridiculously tight to do, or there's certain obstacles that are just seem extremely weird to pull off and having abilities like this to make that easier. It definitely removes some of that challenge, but it also makes it more comfortable. Yeah. And just to get into the segment fully, I do want to reiterate, I love this game. I think this game is a blast easy or not. I, I, I think that it's so much fun. And well, yes, I think the double jump, does kind of it, it does kind of take away from the challenge i it's still fun to use like you're right all these abilities are fun i personally don't see the point in the slam there's like one time where there's metal boxes over a uh, over a, a ledge where i found it useful i mean that's the only time you need it but i don't know i like the slam <laughs> i mean i like the animation it's funny it makes the animation faster it's great it's the first power up too, so like it's not gonna break things quickly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I do really like this game. I, I think its biggest drawbacks are its variety. I do think that like when you have these platformers that want to shake things up, and so they add a bunch of new mechanics. Unfortunately, that means they kind of age the worse. And I do feel that way about this game, where uh, I, I feel like the platforming stages are great. But then you get to a slow underwater stage, or an infuriating motorcycle stage, or a slow dogfighting stage. And I just feel like most of the time it, it feels, it, it's just kind of a bummer. I'm like, I just want to play another platforming stage, I don't want to play the minigame. Uh, so I, I think that that is my biggest issue with this game. Yeah, I th- that's completely fair. And I think this is a big conversation point with a lot of platformers, especially a lot of platformers of this era you know, especially like 3D Sonic games where they try and throw so many gameplay styles out there. But I think it works especially well when it is building off of what the game already does. So things like the animal riding levels, while they are a new mechanic technically, and they are, they force you to play the level completely differently. They're still kind of the same, you know, they still are these 3d hallways and breaking boxes and all that yeah, that's totally still fine platforming inherently yeah and that's why i don't mind the underwater levels because they're similar to just the 2d areas it's just your um you just have to manage a different axis otherwise it's kind of similar um the exception to that is the motorcycle and plane levels because those are completely different and not at all like the rest of the game 
I don't mind the plane levels mainly because they're not that hard, but no, the motorcycle yeah, levels are easy. completely different. <laughs> yeah, the motorcycle levels, it, it's so funny that they were the prototype for CTR because CTR feels so good and these feel so stiff and bad and like a turn will be coming up and any normal driving game you'll be able to, you know, turn and drift right away with like this game implies, but you have to plan for that turn so far ahead because of how stiff the controls are. It's just they can be pretty infuriating. Uh, those are definitely the missions I spent the most time on in this playthrough. It's also one where like you're trying to do a, ta- a time trial or just get to the front of the race, but the enemy cars are so big and their hitboxes are way in the way all the time. Yep. God, that that was frustrating to me. <laughs> yeah, and it's the kind of thing where like if you go off track and you you know you slow down because you're off road. You may as well just restart the level. You've already lost, you know? And the, it, if you're playing this game for the first time, it doesn't necessarily communicate that to you, so it, you just might have enough fear at any time figuring that out. And I mean, ultimately, these are relatively small complaints even though i do think those levels do comprise a shockingly big percentage of the game um i this is definitely a game i played through this one in one sitting this this time around like i i think this is an incredibly enjoyable experience even with those caveats um i love the level variety like visually i think it's so much stronger than the other two where we're bouncing between a medieval you know town and a egyptian tombs and the great wall of china and future cities like like there's it's so much fun to see these cartoony worlds come to life and i think the music is all great and all the levels i think the bosses are actually all really fun in this one i i don't know i I think it's i think there's a lot of good here oh yeah for sure and i also fully completed this one like i did with the other two and it is so much better to complete i mentioned in the last one that there was so much backtracking against the camera or just level design that didn't seem to work for completing the level uh there is i think maybe only one or two instances of walking against the camera in this game if at all it's my memory's a little hazy on that and the only levels that really gave me a trouble gave me trouble completing were um there's an there's a bonus airplane level where you have to do a race that's like the only one that really got me stuck for a little while yeah and we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth when we get there um i want to shout out cortex in this game i love him he's so because you get these little when whenever you get to a new world and there's new boss you get these little like like they come and talk at you and they're they're really entertaining but sometimes they'll have cortex in them, and throughout the game, he he just gets tireder and tireder. Like he's so done, and he doesn't want to be there anymore. It's the best. It's so funny. Well, and I also love how Uka Uka, the real antagonist of this game, he's a mask, and he will fly up and he'll possess Cortex's face to talk to you. And so then there's one that Uka Uka separates from cortex's face and cortex looks so exhausted from that it is really rough yeah you just feel bad for him <laughs> like dude go get a drink kick up your feet 
And honestly, though, in the original, the the character animations, like the facial animations, this was true of Crash 2 as well, but the facial animations are so amazing for the PS2, or for the PS1. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to see a lot of personality. But then when you get to the Insane Trilogy, it is ridiculous how much detail and character comes out of these facial animations. Uh, there's one where Entropy... Entropy, uh, that's the villain's name. He runs the Time Twister. Um, he's talking about the other villains, and he says Uka Uka and Doctor Cortex. But when he says Doctor Cortex, you could see him sort of roll his eyes. <laughs> it's like that shows so much character about how he has all this respect for Uka Uka and does not give a shit about uh, Cortex. Cortex like, gets no respect. Man, Cortex no respect. has. He's worked. He's worked an eighty-hour work week dealing with Crash, you know, getting booted off his island, uh, thrown from space. Motherfucker just wants to sit back, relax, and these fucking Bandicoots and Matt. Like he's done. Like <laughs> he hates everybody. Yeah, it is hilarious though. I love the the character, and they're so cartoony, and that's why it's so fun to watch. Um, same with our. With my opinion on things like Luigi's Mansion 3, the animation carries so much personality to it that it's oh, really yeah. just enjoyable to experience. And just the, all this stuff is so much better told to you than in 2, because in 2 you just get out of the warp room and it'd be a big hologram and it would stop you. And it, it, It's just such a slower pace. In this game, it feels like the writing is snappy, the way they're showing it to you is snappy. It's just fun. You're in, you're out. You laugh. You think it's cute, whatever. It's It's so much better. Uh, with the narrative in this one anything else you want to talk about broadly um this game also introduces a new box variant which is not really notable i thought i'd bring it up anyway it's the alternating crates where they'll oh spin to the different faces yeah it's neat no urgency <laughs> in the gameplay it's fine yeah, yeah i mean it's beat up. if you don't get them they turn to they turn to whatever unbreakable steel crates yeah. yeah the it's fine <laughs> it's not really anything new and that's the only like new box variant there's no super nitro crates or any bull like that nitro crates still jump around but it's fine yeah oh you know i will mention um because i've heard about a complaint and i meant to test it i didn't but i i believe the complaints about the jet ski levels in this game they oh, yes they in are. the insane version they have they for whatever reason decided to add weight and like a drifting mechanic to the jet ski which the ps1 didn't have like you can turn on a dime which is a weird decision especially because there's so many precision areas in those levels like and i know there's a bonus level everybody complains about which i'm sure you can speak to um, oh, with yeah. a bunch of nitro cart nitro nitro carts nitro boxes all over the place that is like almost impossible to navigate because of that and so i, I will say in terms of like we praised this remake i think this is like one of the few very like definitively negative aspects of it yeah they just made the steering way too stiff so even like doing anything precise while maintaining speed is an effort in impossibility <laughs> Yeah, it's weird, because they did the same thing with the Spyro Reignited Trilogy 2. The swimming controls, they were like, oh, we made it more realistic. So now there's momentum, and it's like, well, that's not fun. <laughs> like, it's as fun of the original, because you could stop and turn on a dime. We and don't so, care I, I, I about don't, realism. Yeah. It's an anthropomorphic bandicoot. 
<laughs> also, it, these levels have been designed around you being able to do that, so it just breaks a bunch of stuff. Still seems like it's possible, just more annoying. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, I did it. It's just not as fun as it used to be. All right. Well, we're going to talk more specifically, as always, as I've said with all of these. You know, spoilers, I guess, but they are just fun little 3D platformers, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. But if you don't want to hear, you can get out now. We'll see you next time around for Crash 4, which, God, I'm so excited for. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, so far, playing the trilogy... I mean, you could just get the trilogy. It's extremely worth it. You know, I think it's still on some retailers, it's still 40 bucks, but you can usually find it cheaper than that. Well worth the money. It is phenomenal. It's on Switch, Xbox, PS4, PC. Uh, go get it if you haven't played them. And then you I can, can be confirm excited for Crash it's good on all those platforms. I guess I didn't play it on Xbox, but I played it on everything else because I'm an idiot. <laughs> i've only money. played the switch version and usually those are the worst versions of the games but it still runs phenomenally you missed out on the 4k which i would argue you missed out on 4k <laughs> i'll just have to buy the game again you know what i do i will say with this and spyro i'll lump that in here too why the hell don't these games support hdr oh, it's so annoying they would look just, so good with to get HDR, off that though. Off my chest. Yeah, they're so colorful. Like I, I want to, I want those colors to pop. But I'm still annoyed at Nintendo for not including it in the Switch. Whatever. Okay, now spoilers territory. Spoilers. Favorite level name. Oh, you put this pressure on me right off the bat. Yeah. Oh, well, you knew it was coming. I uh, didn't. <laughs> I, I will nominate. You know, last time you knew it was coming. Uh, I will nominate Tomb Time. It's real fun oh, to say. Oh, Tomb Time's very good. Um, I'm a big fan of Area 51. That's a level name? <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was really Come great on. when I saw it. Oh, man. The, the Hang 'em High... See, I don't know. They're not as punny as they were in two, but what about G Wiz? <laughs> okay, okay, you got me there. G Wiz is the best. You got it. G Wiz is pretty good. G Wiz is pretty good. What about Tomb Waiter? <laughs> Tomb Waiter. For some reason, that didn't even recognize like process you didn't get for the me. joke. <laughs> no, because I was like, oh, it's a tomb, and we're wading through the water in it. That's great. And then I just now was like oh okay i get it let's start off bosses let's just talk about bosses this time around change it up i think overall the boss lineup is so much better in this game than both than one or two yeah for sure um starting off with tiny tiger i love it and he's in his little uh toga (laughs) like he's in his little greek thing he's jumping around um uh, I, my favorite thing about it is there's a way you can cheese this fight if you stand in the corner and in the insane version if you do that they actually animated the crowd throwing cheese at you <laughs> it's stupid <laughs> quit cheesing the fight it's, it's goofy garbage um, my favorite fight in the series Dingle Dio oh man it's Did you stupid fight him easy normally? but visually I love it <laughs> Did you fight him the actual way? I don't think I've ever fought him the actual way. What's the actual way? You know, the regular, normal... Oh, just waiting for him to blast the crystals? Yeah. 
I do because I, I just like it visually. Like, there's something about it, that's, even on PS1, that always appealed to me. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's just... I always spin jump over the crystals and beat his ass oh, yeah, before he can sure. break him. Like if you if you do that, it's it's <laughs> peru peru levels easy. Like it's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, but visually, yeah, it's my favorite boss fight in the trilogy for sure. And I I, I thought it looked great on PS One, and it looks great here. Well, and I love Dinga Dial as a character. He's so ridiculous. Yes. I cannot <laughs> wait ding- to play as him. He's a dingo and a crocodile with a flamethrower. It's he's what, gonna be not playable to like. in Crash Four. Oh man, I'm so excited! And his segments look like Luigi's Mansion. Like he now sucks up the crates. He, he has doesn't a have vacuum. a flamethrower anymore. He has a vacuum. God. Okay. Yeah, wait. we're gonna talk about Crash Four when that comes out for sure. Yeah. Um, Entropy. It's a platforming boss, which I always like. Yeah, I actually really like this fight um, visually as well because you fight inside the time twister so he's constantly changing what time period you're in so you swap between all the level themes i thought that's really cool to look at and then the fight itself is pretty good you know you're just you're just platforming around until you can get to him yeah i really like um engine's fight because it feels like they naughty dog looked at the fight from two and went okay this was not that great with you throwing the fruits with throwing the wampa fruits at him this is not that great, so how do we up the ante and do a similar thing but make it ten times better? Which I thought was really smart, and even though it is another minigame thing, it feels exciting and fun to me. Well, and I love the space controls because you're on a fixed camera, like, 2D plane, other than rather than the rest of the plane levels, which are this open 3D environment. This is very much just going down a straight hallway, and... It is extremely, extremely Star Fox, and God, yeah. it just made me so want a new Star Fox game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's that's why I like that fight. And then we've got Cortex, which is, it's more like you're avoiding Aku Aku and Uku Uku, and then just kicking around Cortex. <laughs> you just kick him into a pit, just he's love, so sad. <laughs> he's so sad. God, poor Uka, Uka has to drag his ass back up the, the I tube. I feel for him, man. I feel for him. Yeah, so overall, I think a, a pretty stellar lineup of boss fights. Again, like like the rest of the series, pretty stupid easy, but I that's fine. They're really fun in this game, so I can accept that. Why don't you tell me about the 100% experience a little bit? Yeah, so 100%ing this one, you have to... Not only get all of the gems and all the crystals, you have to get all the crystals to beat the game, but uh, you have to get all the gems, which there's a gem in each stage for breaking every box, just like before. And then there's one in certain levels hidden somewhere in the level that's uh, shown on the map screen before you enter the level, so you know what you're going to be expecting. Uh, Usually if there's a color gem... It's going to be inside of a death route, just like Crash 2 was. All that is worked just as well, if not better, than it did before. Better mainly because you don't have to backtrack nearly as much. I only did a couple of them, but I I felt like they were better, <laughs> the ones I did at least. Yeah, the low points are Future Frenzy, which I believe is mainly that bonus room, which has really awkward, like 
jumps for that one, and then there's a little bit of backtracking in there. And the worst one of all is Dynamite, uh, because Dynamite has a gem route that you can use, but then it goes back, and it's after where the gem route was. You have to backtrack against the camera to get the boxes in between and then go forward again. It's just like a smaller version of all the problems from Crash 2, which is fine. I will say this is the one part where the Switch version did not help me out in this. In It's when you're backtracking against the camera and the it's still like spawning enemies in back there because it doesn't expect you to be going backwards. So the frame rate dips slightly and because oh, of no. that it can gimp your jump, double jump, which I died Oof. a couple times to. Ouch. Um, it, it wasn't too bad. It's just like, you know, whatever. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's not a deal breaker for the Switch version in any, any way. I fucked up. The best level name is Hot Coco. Continue. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good to hear that this is an overall better experience. Seems like they really improved that and, you know, kind of on their last platforming game really made it stellar which is always good to hear yeah well and this game also properly introduces time relics uh they were reintroduced into one and two and we mentioned them before but this is where they made their debut and the level designs are built around speed running them you know the abilities are too with the slide spin jump and all that you can skip a lot large section of levels and all that really leads to platforming and speed running the levels but also for completion purposes, there's an extra warp room that appears once you get five relics of any variety. Uh, there's three varieties. There's sapphire, gold, and platinum relics. Sapphire, the easiest to get, but still rather difficult. Uh, gold are a lot more difficult. And then platinum, you have to already master the game. For each five relics you get, you get one of five bonus stages. Uh, two of which are entrances to other yeah two of them are entrances ent secret entrances to other levels to get box gems much like crash 2 did but the other three are original levels and they're one of them's a jet ski level one's a racing motorcycle level and one's a airplane level and you know that's fine <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. alternate entrances are, are also cool and then so you have to get the relics if you want to unlock those, which will help get the remaining gems. But if you manage to get every gold relic in the game, you get a secret gem that Coco gives you in the warp room in the original. I don't remember if she's there in the trilogy version. Once you do that, it actually bumps your completion rating from 100% to 102% in the original, which is fantastic. Always do that. If there's any indie devs out there making a collectathon, always let us go past 100%. It's always delightful. Yes, give me that Donkey Kong Country BS. But make it an even number. Don't do Spiral 3 and make it 117%. <laughs> That's annoying. <laughs> yeah, this one's 102, and then with the Insane Trilogy version, where they added Future Tense, uh, it actually bumps it up to 108%. Nice. So still an even number. Let's talk about, did you do Future Tense? Yes, I did. I and got the box gem in that one. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> did you do Future you are, Tense? Uh, I did it when it first came out. 
you did not do it for this playthrough. No. no, I'm like I've been through that experience. <laughs> I'm good. Oh god, I have super cool that it exists. Notes. Oh yeah, I, no, it's I insane. Love it. Like because this was a level that, unlike Stormy Ascent, which was just cut from the first game for being too hard in Crash One, which is ridiculous. This was a completely original level made by Vicarious Visions using the future theme template in addition to some other new uh, obstacles that they custom created for this level, which is super great. It's super great because you get a new crash level, which hadn't happened in many, many years, and that is insane. And then now, you know, there's going to be Crash 4. Wrath of Cortex, which was in 2001. So that's like, what, 16 years? Like, Yeah, it's that, ridiculous. That was so cool when they announced that. It made me so happy. And yeah, it's hard as hell, Like, which is great. Like, sure, why not? Make, make this ultra-challenging nightmare of a level. <laughs> why not? Yeah, it is extremely difficult. And the act of getting the box gem and the relic, for that matter are insanely difficult oh man um i have written in my notes here that it just says future tense is basically a crash 2 level in crash 3 shoes (laughs) and the main reason for that is this level has a death route it has boxes hidden off camera (laughs) it has secret areas that contain boxes and it also has an immense load of boxes. I think there's something over 200 boxes for this level. And I think that stuff is all great. Like, of course, if this was part of the main game, part of, you know, 100% completion, yeah, that's really annoying and dumb. But having this be an extra free level that they added, like, you know, it's free, it's additional content. Yeah, sure, throw that bullshit in there. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it that it's there. And it's actually a really interesting level, the way they use some of those obstacles. And some enemies from the original game just used in different ways. The biggest one is the turret robots that were in the original game. They've actually used as... They've put either off-camera shooting towards the level in a 2D section, which is very cool. Or in in one of the secret route areas, there's one that's placed off in an inaccessible platform but it's just shooting missiles across the whole stage and doesn't stop so it's like the ceiling to the lower area which i thought was just really interesting uh this level also introduces well real quick i really like the ones that are off camera but shooting at you in the 2d sections because you can see them through the reflection which i thought was just a super cool mechanic and super surprising because you don't really think to be looking at that but when you do, it's like, oh, obviously, duh. And I, I just thought that was like a really clever use of that enemy type. See, this is interesting because they also did that to hide a box from the view. So you could see it in the reflection and you'd know it was there. But that was in the original version of it. They had to patch that out because the Switch version doesn't have those reflections. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so they've patched the box into visible range now so that you don't have to rely on the reflections oh, that aren't there. Rough. So how do you deal with those enemies? Because that's part of it is like you can see them firing. Yeah. So they have a specific timing that you can 
just time and base off of, or you could just get an Aku mask like I do. I did and just tank the hit and glide over the rest of it. I didn't even consider that. That's rough, man. Yeah. So, you know, plus one to the other versions that aren't the switch, but the switch is a handheld. So plus one to that man rough. Uh, in this level, they also introduced this like blue glowing rotating platform, which, you know, whatever it's a rotating platform but it's actually a reference to a cut waterfall level from crash one that they just then recolor or remodeled for the future setting and then put into this level so there's a lot of love and care put into this level as difficult and ridiculous as it is oh yeah for sure um i just wanted to give a shout out we didn't really talk about it uh to the past theme the uh, Jurassic area themes. Um, they have more running away from the camera segments, except this time it's from a T-Rex, which is super fun. And then you get to ride one, uh, which a tr- I like. Uh, Triceratops, the... I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Triceratops. But you get to ride a. What do you ride? A Velociraptor. Yeah, baby Velociraptor. Yeah, which is fun, and and again, it's it's a good segment because it is the platforming again, but in a little bit of a different way. It's got a very floaty jump. Unlike the other animals you ride, it's not um, like a runner. Like you can go anywhere. So it, it just adds different. to your moveset, basically, yeah. while also removing the spin. Yeah. So shout out to that. And uh, again, just shout out to the visuals. Like, I love all of the themes in this game. I think they all look great. You know, I, I love the Arabian levels. I love the uh, the pirate jet ski levels. Like, I love the, the medieval ones. Like, I just think they all look, they're so good to look at. And that's that goes a long way for a platformer like this. I love the way that the enemies are themed as well. I know that's kind of a basic thing, but uh, the way that they use the same sort of nerdy scientist models in different ways where they're wrapped up like mummies in the tomb or they have pirate hats and they're rowing the rowboats or um, my favorite one is the medieval one where it's the wizard and when you spin attack it, it just he just disappears. <laughs> Um, while we're giving props to that visual design i also want to shout out the death animations we didn't bring much mention to it in the past episodes but i love the death animations in this we mentioned crash 2's um one with the bear when you fall into the ice and it freezes and the bear's sitting on top i love that but there's so much just weird details um also in the medieval levels there's these frogs and if you get hit by the frog it actually kisses you and turns you and turns into a prince it's just the most ridiculous thing they're just so goofy and dumb and it's it's that kind of charm that a lot of games i think miss out on um i think it's one of the reasons why i like sunset overdrive so much is it kind of channels some of that stuff and like i don't know man there's just something so like poppy and cartoony about it and it really i just really love it yeah it really sells the illusion that you're playing an animated movie rather than a video game and i eat that it's so good specifically i would say like an animated cartoon like a tv show not even like a like does it like it doesn't feel like a pixar movie like a ratchet and clink might it feels more like like just a goofy nothing cartoon (laughs) and i just love that about it yeah for sure also shout out to my boy fake crash you can see him once you complete the game if you go back to certain levels he's hidden there fake crash is one of my favorite things of this game (laughs) oh man fake crash is so fun do you know the history behind fake crash yeah so fake crash was a character that the developers put in because 
it was based off of a Japanese plushie, um, which we also didn't get into. These games sold ridiculously well in Japan for a Western developed game, which was super cool. But one of these was a bootlegged crash doll that just is awful. I'll put a link. I'll put a picture in the show notes for you to check it out. And oh man, it's it's hilariously bad. So the developers also thought it was hilariously bad, and they put him into the game as a character known as Fake Crash. Yeah, it's so good. I believe was he he wasn't in the PS One was he in the PS One versions? I thought yeah, he was in the PS One version as well. Okay, because I know he's in tag team or not tag team crash team racing as a uh, unlockable via cheat code like you have to get it and you can race as him that's that's great fake crash fake crash is great yeah and they even added him as an easter egg in future tense as well just to oh, really that's awesome. play into that shout out to the ending cutscene of cortex uh you know wanting his big uh what was it big coconuts <laughs> were there babies at the end yeah the 100 percent. yeah really cute and really again poor cortex let him relax just let him let him relax <laughs> uh and then uka uka's trapped in this time prison now well since that was kind of the ending of what we're planning on doing Crash, at least for now, uh, until 4 comes out, and then I don't know if we'll get around to these other games, maybe someday. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to just kind of walk through the rest of the games and kind of give, you know, like a brief, like, you know, if we're familiar with them or not, and talk about them. Just the rest of the series, because there's quite a few more. <laughs> they didn't stop making Crash games. Of course, you have Crash Team Racing after this game, which is also developed by Naughty Dog. I would consider it one of the best kart races of all time, personally. Yeah, it's got a really high difficulty curve, but or really high accessibility curve, but once you master it, it's really fun. Yeah, I'd say it's like a like a Mario Kart, but like you're it's got a high skill ceiling, right? Like you said, yeah. So just what you said. You know, just let yep. me repeat that in a different way. <laughs> um, we have Crash Bash in 2000, which was a party game spinoff. Um, not the first Crash game not developed by Naughty Dog. And then after that is Wrath of Cortex for the PS2 in 2001. The first true sequel, true platforming sequel. You know, plays like these games. It's um, it's fine. I've played it. It's I <laughs> okay. I might end up replaying it just because I want more Crash, but it's not. It honestly just feels like more warped, but it not as good, not as polished. <laughs> but this technically was Crash Bandicoot 4. It was even called that in Japan. So when now we have Crash 4, it's about time, that's going to be confusing. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that for a second because I, I have an idea about what that means. But um, yeah, it, it's it's okay. It's decent. You know, you're going to get more of that style of platforming, but it's just... It's it's just, just not in, as a good of a package. Quality. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, after that was uh, Crash Nitro Kart, which was pseudo sequel to Team Racing, only yeah. a lot more mechanics. It's got a lot more mechanics, and this is another case of like, it's okay. This game unfortunately is very glitchy, 
And I wouldn't recommend people go back to it because it's got like instances of falling through the floor and it's just not not the best. Um, it did introduce some of the boosting mechanics that appear in CTR Nitro Field, which is the remake of Team Racing. But more importantly... Which also has all the Nitro Fields yes. <laughs> or Nitro Kart tracks in it. Yes. When that game came out, they just straight up put all the Nitro, nitro Kart tracks in there and they're fantastic like the track design rules from that game so if you want to play that game just go pick up uh just go pick up the ctr remake you'll have a better time and all the characters are in there too like it's basically got everything but the story mode so just go pick that up honestly after that in 2004 is twin sanity which is the last of the what's known as classic crash era so this would be technically crash 5 um after this, it got it drifted weird. away from the platforming stuff. It got weird. Um, it got weird. I've heard great things about this game. I've never played it. I don't know. I own it, uh, but I've never played it. I want to get around to it. It It's a weird take on Crash. It's not necessarily the classic platforming from what I can tell. It seems more open world-ish, like more Jack and Dexter, Jack and Dexter style. Like You're not going down hallways necessarily, but it's more like collect-a-thon-y designed. Um, and you also playing as Cortex for a large portion of it. I don't know. People seem to really like it. People respond. I hear good things about like the humor of it, which is interesting. Um, so that might be one to check out someday. Also, Cortex is going to be playable in Crash 4. Oh, I, mean, I know. I know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I promise. <laughs> uh, Tag Team Racing. This game is interesting. I played this game. This is a racing game where half of it is a platforming game <laughs> okay is this so, the one that i played as played on the wii when as a kid i don't know if it was on the wii it was definitely on xbox because that's where i played it and because i remember playing i also had it on psp platforming. <laughs> yeah i don't I, I don't know if it, it, i mean that that would make sense it's i so interestingly i have fond memories of playing this game now, thinking about it for this, I went and looked some of it up, and I went, I have fond memories of the platforming bits. I don't remember anything about the racing. <laughs> and it's Is this the one where you can slam two cars together? Yes. So you merge in the middle of the race, and then you are either driving the car or shooting a gun out the back of the car, and you can just merge with whatever racer you want seemingly the criticism to that though is that like it makes races incredibly easy because you just merge with somebody and then you you know you just shoot all the opponents and then when you get to the furnish side you finish line you unmerge and win like every time apparently it's super (laughs) easy to break so eh, maybe that's why i don't remember it's just unmemorable i remember liking the platforming bix though it's like set in a theme park and you're just jumping around the theme park which was yeah i definitely played this one as a kid i remember that yeah, so I don't know. I, I I don't know how well it holds up. Interestingly, I think it's the same developers of Simpson Simpsons Hit and Run. So okay, I don't that know. one's fondly remembered. Yeah, interesting to say the least. Um, and then we get to the beat 'em up era, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had Crash of the Titans in two thousand seven and Mind Over Mutant in two thousand eight. I recommend people go look up the redesign character designs. And then throw up in the nearest trash can. <laughs> they are. <laughs> What's with the tribal tattoos? Oh, they're so bad. Oh, it's so mid two thousands. Yeah, that, that's like cringy or whatever. 
I think Coco's way worse. I don't know what's up with her design. It's oh, really I don't even know awful if I've and trashy. It's just we'll there's something about it that I hate. I just I'm not a big fan of this the, the art style of those games went with. I've never played them to be fair. So maybe there's you know, maybe there's good there. I don't know for sure, but yeah, oh, they, they didn't seem to work out only two games in the series. Yeah, you're looking at the Coco. <laughs> yeah, oh god. She reminds me of Cindy from Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah. 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 Like like she would be in a uh in a really shitty music video. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll put that in the description. Uh, after this, you know, Crash and Spyro both kind of just died. <laughs> yeah, Crash and Spyro died. You know, we we don't talk about the Legend of Spyro games or um... oh, Skylanders. Interesting. Um, so the Crash would not appear after 2008. After Mind Over Mutant would not appear until 2016 in Skylanders Imaginators, which started actually... as a Spyro game. Yeah, the Skylanders games were Spyro games. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> kind of was. Um, we're, we'll, we'll we'll do Spyro. Don't trust me. We'll do Spyro, and those episodes will be very long because I love Spyro. Um, and I've never played Spyro, so we will have lots to talk about there. But Skylanders, um, they were toys to life games, so you'd buy figures, um, not on like amiibos, and you put them on a pad, and then they'd show up in the game, which is actually a super cool idea, and I would have loved if i was a kid when those came out but i wasn't so i hated them um but it's uh that's what they are so in 2016 and skylanders imaginators got crash theme content and what this was was they sold a crash bandicoot figure and a cortex figure and they made a crash specific level and this is the first time bear in mind that we have seen a level look like this since the original trilogy like it looked like it looked like the islands from Crash 1. You know, you're bouncing up boxes, collecting wampas. Um, and it, it's... On its own, it's kind of neat, to be honest. Even though I, you know, I I personally would like to rail on these games. But, like, I can't deny... it's It looks pretty cool. I've never played it, but it, it it's kind of cool. I'm not a big fan of Crash's design, but I'm also not a big fan of any of the design work at all in Skylanders. So, that's, you know, that's to be expected. But yeah, that's basically the end of Crash until, of course, 2017's Insane Trilogy remake, which is what we played. And then 2020's Crash 4. Yes. I wanted to do a quick segment, just like we did with Last of Us and I believe Doom, where we kind of talk about what we're excited about with Crash 4 real quick. What are you hoping for out of this game? Are you hoping for big changes or are you just kind of hoping like it's, are you just kind of wanting to play like the original trilogy? I feel like Crash Bandicoot for me, especially playing it again this time, breaks down into two different kind of games. It, as a, like, kind of fun platformer and then a collectathon like those two elements sort of make the game a completely different experience when you go for 100 percent. and from the looks of it crash 4 looks to be pretty similar you know you have the tape levels you have the weird visual filter levels and um all that seems like mainly there for completionists 
which could do a lot to flesh out the experience, but it also, I'm also kind of hoping that it just isn't necessary to get the full, like I want the main game, not counting all of those side modes to be even longer than three is and three is not very long but just to be more fulfilling than all of that you know this game is being sold at 60 dollars, whereas the entire trilogy was 40 so you know there's always a monetary thing there but i feel like they could really flesh out the main stuff and then the completionist stuff can be just as fulfilling but not necessary yeah and what i would say what i'm, I'm expecting this game to be pretty big I think all the stuff they've shown really implies a much bigger experience than any one of the original Crash games. And to tally it up a little bit, we know you can play through the game's Crash, Coco, and then there are Cortex stages. There are these visual filter stages, as you mentioned, which you're going back to old stages, but you're playing them in different ways with different gameplay uh, gimmicks. Like this one where you're playing underwater. There's they said one it was where, their like, version of a mirror mode, so all the stages are reversed and then also have some other gimmick which I thought yeah. was pretty neat. Like underwater, and there's one that I think looks really cool where every time you spin, you like splash paint everywhere. Like there's a bunch of cool looking stuff in there. There's the tape levels, which seem to be their version of the bonus levels, maybe, but they looked quite more involved, which seems to be like extreme platforming challenges. Yeah, they kind of conceptually reminded me of the B and C sides from Celeste, where you find a secret object in a main level and then you get this extremely difficult bonus level that is optional yeah and it definitely seems like inspired by that um to put this in perspective like i'm pretty sure every single one of these they've shown all the platforms are just boxes so like they seem pretty challenging and pretty hardcore which is cool i love i love that it's cool that these are there they also showed Cortex being playable. I think I mentioned that. Dingo Dio is a playable character, and they implied that there'll be more playable characters. And with that, his level that they showed off looked unique. It looked like it was much wider, so it could accommodate him. And um, he looks like he's like sucking up crates and stuff. So it seems like their gameplay would be substantially different. Yeah, because Cortex's ray gun also like transforms enemies into different platforms and... All of that just, you know, it's not like you're just playing the game as a different yeah. character now. It's like these are specifically catered to those characters. They've shown like like art for the game, like official like advertising art that has a bunch of characters on the side. And Dingo Dial and Cortex are some of them. Crash and Coco are one of them. And like Tana's one of them. And then I think Entropy is another one. So it kind of implies that those two will be playable as well. I believe that that's the case. I can't remember which characters are there for sure. I know Tana was definitely one of them. That is really interesting because she hasn't been in a game since Crash 1 and technically CTR Nitrofuel. She was there. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I think all of that implies a much bigger game. Which is very Which I'm very excited for. Yeah, I I kind of have may I you know maybe this is setting me up for failure. I kind of have big expectations for this release. Like I'm I'm expecting this to feel like a full sixty dollar AAA experience, which is super exciting for a three D platformer. I am so pumped for this game, man. I know because we don't. Not only do we not see three D platformers much in this day and age, we also 
don't see them from like AAA studios other than Nintendo with its Mario's and all that. You know, Mario Odyssey was a huge thing for 3D platformer fans because it's a return to Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie style. And then, you know, Sonic Mania did the same thing for that 2D Sonic style. So this is going to be not a remake or a rehash of ideas like Sonic Mania was where even though I adore that game, all of the reused stage themes and all that is a little much. This is its own thing that is going to take what worked in the trilogy and expand upon it into something that works in this modern age rather than, you know, 96 through 98. And to steal something um, from kind of funny, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, I, I think Crash 4 is going to be Sonic Mania and Tropical Freeze. Like, I think it's going to be Crash's equivalent to a mix of those games where it's going to it's going to use that old style but it's going to be modern and it's going to be big and i i agree with that i think that like this game has a this game just it just looks so damn good yeah i think tropical freeze is probably the most donkey kong country tropical freeze for those who know know but i think that's the more apt comparison because it's using that same style that has been established by remaking others as its own thing to do completely new stuff and i mean that's huge for um for fans of the series of course but i just hope that it's going to be exciting and accessible to even newcomers especially since i mean it was 1998 when the crash trilogy ended and yeah crash has kind of stumbled his way through the 2000s but we're two decades after the ps1 era and there's going to be a lot more kids who might start crash with this game who probably will start crash with this game and you know i hope that it delivers for them as well as the fans because that is that's a good way to re you know reboot a franchise but as well just to you know get it rolling again I completely agree, and I and I I think it will do that. I, they have not shown a single thing for this game that I am, I I am iffy on. Like, genuinely, this is like like they have done all the right things. This and Activision is kind of on a roll. Like this and Tony Hawk seemed like the perfect releases, and I'm I just can't wait. Like this is, this is my most anticipated game for the rest of the year. As of talking right now, Cyberpunk's coming out this year. Call of Duty is coming out this year. Assassin's Creed is coming out this year. New consoles are coming out this year. I don't care. I just want to play Crash. Like, that's how Honestly, good this game yeah. looks to me. Like, I'm so pumped. and I'm so excited. And this is even coming from me, who doesn't have a huge nostalgic feeling towards the Crash franchise. You know, I didn't really grow up with these games. I've only played them recently, as in this year or last year. And I'm super stoked for this game because I think it looks phenomenal. Like, Cyberpunk has fallen off my radar at this point. Um, the new consoles, we still just don't know enough about them. So mainly I'm focused in on Crash. Even, like, 3D Mario coming back and all that. It's like, yeah, I'll get it, but new Crash is really where it's at. And, and you know, we mentioned, like, there's not a lot of games like that coming out. Like, I can think of two. I can think of, you know, like, Ratchet & Clank, which looks phenomenal. 
and Psychonauts, which I, you know, I think barely clears the bar as a AAA game, but looks great. I think this will be a special release, and I think it'll ignite more love for the genre, which is selfishly what I really want. <laughs> like, I, I just want more games like this. Yeah, and I know it's all partially it's all based in nostalgia like oh yeah you remember crash right but i feel like there's a lot more love and passion put into making this new and feel new than just something like insane trilogy which is entirely nostalgia and you know to actually make the games better to play um or something like sonic mania which is 100% 100% nostalgia minus four new stages, which are the best part of the game. It's something that, you know, as a fan of the series and as a fan of platformers, I feel like you could get real excited about. 100%. I do want to quickly mention, so we're growing a little bit long here, but um, we mentioned, we're talking about Wrath of Cortex and about how that's technically four. I think they're going to fold that into this game. Because... Really? Yes, because this game is about dimensions um, and moving between them. I think this is going to be like an alternate Crash Dimension and they're totally going to reference all the other both Crash games. I know this is like crazy and they probably won't do it, but I think they'll probably even have some dumb Crash of the Titans gag in there. Like, I think they're just going to go for it all. And I think it's going to be weird and funny. Um, but Crash 4 specifically, um, or Wrath of Cortex specifically, because the antagonists of that game are four masks, like four other evil masks. And in About Time, your friends are four other masks that give you extra power-ups. So I think that there's a weird connection there, and I think that they're going to do something weird with that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, And I also could see where they just, you know, retcon the rest of the series. Oh, for sure. And that's probably honestly more likely. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. But I'm not sure how they're going to how they are dealing with the fact that crap, like how did wrath of cortex, and this is purely speculation because I haven't played that game. Uh, but how does it reconcile the fact that they got sent back in time and turned into babies? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it super doesn't, which is why I think that like, because this game is about dimensions and swapping between dimensions, why I think they'll do it. Why there's at least a small chance that they'll play around with that. Yeah. I mean, but this also the, opening reveal trailer talked about them being sent to the past and just gave them time to plot their new scheme so like God, I, I feel that. like it feels more like a s- actual setup and continuation from crash 3 than rapid cortex is just like you're bad villains Let's move on to recommended viewing. Uh, I put on here the insane trilogy announcement. Go watch that. <laughs> it's fun. Um, oh my goodness. It's uh, real silly the way they did it because it's very hype at first. You see Sean Layden, who's the former president of PlayStation, I believe, walking out in a crash shirt and <laughs> He's walking and then his shadow is Crash Bandicoot behind him. And it's like a really hype way to announce it. And he's talking about the trilogy. He's like, yeah, remaster from the ground up for PS4. But first, here's some footage of Skylanders Imaginators with Crash. And the crowd goes silent. Uh, such a combo breaker. 
yeah, we're remaking Crash. Isn't that so exciting? And now we're going to show footage of, not, well, not that. We're going to show Crash and some other some other game. You know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's 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 silly. It's only a couple minutes long. Um, what did you put in our recommended viewing section? Um, I put uh, gameplay footage of the Jurassic Park video game that I mentioned at the top of the episode, that Jurassic Park Interactive. Um, I looked it up because... I was doing the research on Universal Interactive Studios and it looks terrible. Just give that a good scrub through and look at all the different nonsense gameplay styles they try and throw into this weird 3DO game. Um, Safe Station Review coming soon. <laughs> Jurassic Park Interactive for the the Panasonic 3DO, which neither of us own. <laughs> is it, You also have in here Crash 3 Intros as the original PlayStation version. Uh, yes, I mainly wanted to have them listen to Warped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. It's also just fun to compare and contrast. Um, and then you also have some fake crash stuff in here. That's an image of fake crash. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I have been Dustin, and with me has been Connor. Um, Connor, where can the people follow you? Uh, I'm at Brickmaster03 on Twitter. Um, you can also follow the show at SaveStation uh pod at on twitter i believe my mom, memory's failing me now you got it safe uh, station pod on twitter and then i am it's not oh, like i run the thing it's okay <laughs> uh i am at dustin h dragon on twitter follow me for video game stuff and dog stuff yep we'll be back uh, in two weeks with crash bandicoot 4 the it's new about one. about time. The new one, not Wrath of Cortex. We're not doing that for a while. And we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. 